Well, I'm just glad that I could give you the confidence to <laughs> steal ice cream. Steal it. <laughs> um, welcome back, m and Uh, So we just got done eating, what are those called? Drumsticks. Drumsticks. Like ice, ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, the good ones, though, not the ones with the nuts on top, but the ones with ew, like, the, yeah. There are ones with nuts I on know. Top. Gross. Okay. Um... <laughs> Okay, so was it like two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Jeez, ew, was it already <laughs> that long ago? Okay, that it doesn't was matter. Bo- it was before I left. Yeah. I want to say maybe a couple, maybe your, your and I last day together. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so mm-hmm. like two weeks ago. Like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So I came upstairs. Why did I go in the freezer? Okay, so we have a break room, like a communal break room uh, where we work, and there's two fridges with freezers and basically like any employee or really anybody that works in the building can use them um and I opened the freezer don't remember why and I saw opened boxes of drumsticks and I thought to myself like these look like they've been here a while like I'm totally gonna take one and then I chickened out and didn't but I went downstairs and told Denise that I almost did but I chickened out whatever (laughs) I almost took these yeah and then you were going upstairs for something and you were like do you want to come with we could grab those yeah I was like yeah let's just take them they've been in there for a good while yeah you were like no I've seen them there for a really long time yeah I was like okay so a good like three or four weeks Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so don't ever work with us because we will eat your food out of the freezer look i won't do that to anybody unless i know like stuff gets forgotten in that freezer and fridge all the time that is good stuff man Mm -hmm. people forget like birthday cakes and stuff in there and i just watch those poor little birthday cakes just dry up and become not good anymore and you know how i feel about sweets (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny because i'll look at like frozen like little entree things in there that i know i've seen for like months Mm -hmm. and i'm like nobody is gonna notice if i eat this i you know i don't like spending money on lunch because i'm weird and cheap and i'm like nobody will notice i'm going to eat this and then i'm like no jordan you can't do that so i um confession i've done that before (laughs) Uh, once. I only did it one time. Yeah. I was up here, and whatever I had, I think I had, like, a frozen meal or something, mm-hmm. and I heated that up, and I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> I am not going to finish this. I took, like, two bites, and I was like, I can't. And then I was like, great, I don't have a lunch. So I go in the freezer, and I'm like, well, there's one of those, like, voila things that has, mm-hmm. like, um the cheese sauce and the pasta and the veggies and stuff. And I was like, hell yeah, I've had those before. Those are really good. So I was like, I'll just replace it. I'll just go to the store right after work, get the exact same thing and throw it back in there. This thing was so freezer burned. (laughs) I was just like, son of a I'm just not, I'm not supposed to eat today, I was meant to starve today. So I did not replace that stuff because nobody I, I didn't eat it. Right. <laughs> and right. they definitely would not have eaten it either. So, so I just threw it away and then was sad the rest of the day. <laughs> and hungry. <laughs> and hungry. <laughs> so also probably a little pissy. <laughs> Funny. Uh, okay. Alonzo will edit this house, but what else are we going to yeah, talk okay. about? Yeah, okay. So we talked about that. And then um, do we want to say that we like record in the break room and then we just we record it with Dana or do we not want to transition that way or um oh oh I got it I got it. 
um, but ba- like, I guess not everyone knows how I feel feel about sweets, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm obsessed. I have like a giant sweet tooth. Um, and my grandmother was really the only person that I shared that with. Mm-hmm. Um, she would always get me like donut holes, and she'd get those pudding cakes, those pudding ring cakes. Yeah. Um, and always have those. Like, she was always stoked when I would come to visit because her and I were, like, the only one that, like, loved sweets. And uh, in this episode, we talked a lot about my grandma, um, Bumma, is mm-hmm. what we called her. And we talked with my aunt, Dana, who I love to the end of the world and back. She's my everything which we get into a little bit in the beginning here um but she's just she's so funny and I don't know this was you guys had met before but I Mm -hmm. think this is one of the first times that you guys like really had you know this kind of conversation well and you mentioned in the episode like she's one of the I guess you were talking about your grandma but I feel like she's also one of those people who other people want to be around mm-hmm. like I feel like she's just uh, really natural to um like make you feel welcome yeah she's she's super open and caring and loving and honest and like that's very apparent right when you meet her right yeah um like I mean how many times have I seen her this is like the third time I've seen her in person mm-hmm. like communicated with her but I feel like I've you know yeah you're one of the family the already. Third, yeah, like it's, it's not the third time yeah. I've only talked to her. Yeah. As soon as I have someone, as soon as one of the family introduces a good friend or a spouse or a boyfriend or whatever into the family, as long as that person, like, clicks and gets along, like, they are one of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, you know, we talk about a little bit, Stephen, like, they... They just clicked right away, and they just, they're very welcoming and open, and it's really awesome. Yeah. And it's super apparent, like, just her energy is is that way. Her aura. Her aura. Do you read aura colors? No. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to see if you knew, or if you had, like, a, if you had to pick a color for Dana, what it would be. What it would be. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they all mean or anything. Me neither. I'm just going to throw off. You throw a number or a color out there, and I will too. Okay. Do you want to do it on three? Yeah. One, two. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Three. Light blue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that didn't work. Light blue fuchsia. They don't contradict, do they? Cool colors, <laughs> I suppose. All right. Enjoy this one, M&M's. It's a good ride. It's a little emotional. Going to warn you right now. Um, we do talk a little bit about losing someone close to us. Mm-hmm. Um, in her instance, a parent. Losing mm-hmm. a parent. In your instance, losing a grandma. Mm-hmm. And in your instance... Losing an uncle. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Um, when listening to this episode, it could get a little teary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good one. It's a really good one. Yeah. Um, and after you listen to it, I just like to throw this out there. Um, subscribe. Give us a review. Let us know, you know, what you what you thought about it or if you connected with it. Um, 
reach out to us. That's like one of our favorite things in the world is after we record an episode, especially, you know, one where there is or may be some tears involved. Um, hearing back from you guys is what kind of pushes us to keep going and totally be open. So it's my favorite part about this. Yeah. It's, I mean, is hearing from them. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it just, it validates what we're doing Mm -hmm. and it keeps us motivated um, to do more. Yeah. So thanks. We love you. Yeah. Um, so normally we start these off by saying like how, you know, we know the person we're talking to, which I feel like is going to be confusing for a lot of people. So we'll just get into it. Um, (laughs) you're my aunt. Yes. But... I feel like that's not a good title for our relationship. I agree. How how would you describe like our It's multidimensional for sure. Um when you were younger, I played the aunt role, I think more so. Definitely. Um now that you are a grown adult, a woman, you've had your first child. Now we're a combination of friends um sister sisterly um we talk about all different topics you know i know i can talk with you get advice from you vice versa so i think we're you start out with (laughs) soulmates what was that remember what was that acronym you used for your wedding um moh yeah and you're like oh my other half and i was like well no well maid of honor honor. (laughs) yeah you were her maid of honor i was oh that's cool i didn't know that yeah yeah i was gonna say from an outsider's perspective just in the few times that i've been with you guys i would say like a sister relationship Mm -hmm. would be i definitely think it's more uh sisterly now Mm -hmm. and friend yeah for uh, sure maybe less aunt yeah except in certain circumstances sure Mm -hmm. but when when you were younger denise i think i I filled that oh yeah and then slash motherly Mm -hmm. to a certain extent too Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, what's cool is she was my maid of honor, and Bear, her husband, my uncle, was Stephen's best man. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that they were pretty close too. Yeah, we, um, you know, we met when we were eighteen, and he started coming over. I would bring him over to Dana and Bear's, and Bear and Stephen just hit it off. Clicked. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. They were just, yeah, they they got pretty close, and they're still close. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we were together for f- four years before we got married, so they had they developed a pretty... Yeah, good bond. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. So do you feel like, because the title of aunt isn't as fitting mm-hmm. for her, right, but you also have cousins, so do you feel... <laughs> do you feel like those are different? Like the titles for those are different? Yeah, it's it's weird to me because I have their pictures. I have mm-hmm. Kennedy, Ellen, and Dean. I have their pictures in my office at work. Right. And people will come in and they'll see them. And I've had their pictures in, in my office or around my desk for years now. Right. Um, and clients would come in and sit down and be like, 
Are those? They kind of look at me funny. Are those your <laughs> kids? You look great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, they're my little cousins, but we're really close. And um, but I, little cousins just doesn't sound. Yeah. You know, it's just not. And I haven't figured out like a good term for them. I mean, sometimes just to make it easier, I just call them my niece and nephews. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, you know, just doesn't feel mm-hmm. right. I don't know. Well, and I think because we're so close, mm-hmm. we're not just limited to a title or a yeah. label. It's mm-hmm. we fulfill different roles. Everybody kind of interchanges. Mm-hmm. Bears the same way. He's kind of the fatherly kind of mm-hmm. uncle slash um, yeah brother. He's, yeah, and he is my um, go to. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like advice or and separately from you, it's like I go to you for advice on like more personal mm-hmm. emotional matters, and I go to him for advice on like something where I know I want someone to tell me not what I want to hear, but what I need, need to, to hear. hear. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like financial stuff. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I always go to him because he's just that's awesome. the way he that's, operates. Yeah, that's his strength. Totally. And so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, Bear especially has been, uh, you know, you and I have been a, a constant. I've mm-hmm. always been, you know, close. And I think Bear when I was younger was more, definitely more of just uncle. Like just right. more of an uncle role for sure. And I always um, loved staying with you guys and stuff when I'd come up to visit. And um, But he was... Uncle, until I want to say about, like, uh, probably teenage years. And Bear is also just so, the both of you are, but it he's, it's, I think it's a little rarer to find in a guy, mm-hmm. um, open to, like, listening and letting you talk and, like, like kind of getting your perspective on things and, and having those deeper conversations. Mm-hmm. Um every now and then it's not all the time Mm -hmm. he's not open for it all the time you know but every now and then you can catch him on a day where he wants you can tell like he wants to do that he wants to have that like deep conversation and get into some serious stuff and he's always so insightful and like I really like it too because I can tell he listens Mm -hmm. to my point of view as well so if even though he's you know my what he's you guys are how much older than us? Not too, like 15 years 15 or to so, 20, Somewhere yeah. in there. Um, he'll, he genuinely will actually, you know, like listen and mm-hmm. take my opinion into consideration. And sometimes he'll even use, like, he'll come back to me like a few weeks later or something and be like, you know, you told me this and it really made me think this. And right. I'm, you know, I'm putting that towards my thing. And it's just always kind of impressed me that he... Seems just, like, genuine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He doesn't, you know, we come into contact with so many people at work that, like, because we're female or younger to mm-hmm. them, you know, we are what we, our opinions or whatever, like, it doesn't matter. Right. And we're just children or, you know, it feels that way. Mm-hmm. Or we're just mm-hmm. women, you know. Yeah. I don't do you ex- do you experience that at all? I do. And yeah. where I work, because you have a lot of super egos because yeah. we're talking positions and mm-hmm. so on one hand they need to be that way because right. they they have a very important job but on the other hand um 
especially in certain circumstances, it's a lot easier if you just kind of keep everything kind of, you know, nice and calm and so that you can actually speak to them at the same level rather than them looking down on you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that that's just the way of society, unfortunately. Yeah. And women in the workforce and, I mean... I know, it's kind of a shame that it's still kind of like that. I mean, when we had a guy working here, Everybody I remember... assumed that he was the boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really? mm-hmm. we had that happen at the bank, too, when I was on there. Um, you know, we'd have, I mean, one guy maybe every, like, so often, yeah. right? It was, like, yeah. all females. Um but yeah, all the time they'd be like, no, I'll wait for him. I need to speak to the manager. I'd be like, hello. <laughs> I'm right here, actually. That's, that's you are me. talking to the manager. Like, yeah. I was like, that, it's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird that that's still a thing. Here. I mean, it's getting better. You know, yeah. it's definitely like society is moving in the right direction. But I just feel like it's taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a question, though, on the topic of Bear. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, a question just popped into my head. Is that his, is that his real name? No. What That's is his, his real nickname. name? His real name is Charles. Okay. Everybody, Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie. Um, Does anybody call him that? Uh, so everybody at his workplace calls, calls him, him Charles or oh. Charlie. Okay. Um, he prefers not to be called Chuck. I think that's a childhood um, story that maybe he could tell you guys at a later (laughs) stage. He's got four other brothers, and I think there was a lot of taunting. But um, only at home or anybody that's very um, on a personal level, Mm -hmm. he's known as affectionately as Bear. And so when he was born, he was born prematurely. Now, this is a story coming from him that his mother had told him. he was born at like four pounds. Wow. Um, I think all of the kids were born at that, or prematurely anyway. Mm-hmm. And so when babies are first born, they always lose a little bit of weight to begin with when they're taken home from the hospital. Well, he went through that phase, and then he gained weight quickly because of the... Uh, <laughs> so he kind of pudged up a little. <laughs> and he's got the curly black hair. Mm-hmm. And so he had... And apparently he took on the shape and look of a little bear. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cute, yeah. though. And that always stuck with him. He actually had a, he still has it, a stuffed animal. And it's a little homemade bear. Mm-hmm. Like, And he has it. That's that awesome. Is, yeah. that's well, cool. he also only has one tattoo one. that's not finished. Yeah. And it's just four letters. And it's, it's bear. Bear. <laughs> on his arm. Right here. Just the outline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, like he was really going to start yeah. something good, yeah. and then wasn't. he was like, oh, he either ran out of money or moved or the tattoo but, artist or, left. Or, let's face it, it's bare. He was probably like, you know what, I don't need to spend money on this. No, no, I'm good with this. <laughs> this is all enough. I want. Yeah. Of course, anytime I come home with a new tattoo or have come home with a new tattoo, then he's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add some stuff to it. I want the kids' names, and I want it to look like a, you know, Scrabble board. No, that don't do that. That That's not going to be attractive. That's um, where did you guys meet, or how did you guys meet? Uh, we, we met at a mutual friend's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I went to North You Bowl. must know this story. No, I can just, I'm just picturing what you guys looked like. When you he had the hair. 
and the earrings and the super big long jeans. hair like down to his you know the pockets waist? the huge pockets with the you know that the, the everybody wore back then um total like i don't want to say big old chain yeah he had like the chain that went from his wallet to his back you know it was good luck yeah it was not what i was necessarily well and dana and i was eddie bauer like straight up like prep like yeah super preppy super preppy and had my little canvas shoes and all that (laughs) and uh so i went to a birthday party with a friend of mine the friend had gone to ielson and graduated high school from ielson and that's where she and so it was a friend of everyone's that was having a birthday party so i was kind of the outsider because i was from north pole so Mm. i was from the dark side (laughs) um you were how old 20 25 and um, I had gone through my phase of dating and all that. So I was like, no men. We're, I'm done. I'm just going to focus on school and work and that's it. And so she talked me into going to this birthday party. And everybody was very nice. And he didn't, like, catch my eye or anything like that. Are you to sure? That chain? <laughs> and that, that hair? Yeah. And that hair. Um, it was shaved on the sides, right? Shaved on the sides, pulled back in a ponytail. We're going to need a picture. Super longer long. than oh, mine. Yeah. We'll get a picture. Like, he was the total, like, if you, I don't even know, thug? Yeah. If yeah. you want to label him, that's kind of what you, or, you know, like a typical Hispanic in, you know, L.A. with the wife beater. <laughs> the and the swagger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, bottle of Corona. And uh, funny. so we... That was the first interaction I had with him. But I thought he was married, had a kid, because when we pulled up to the birthday party, he was holding a baby. And he was talking mm. to a woman outside of the house. Oh, little Kenny. And little yeah, Kennedy. and it wasn't it wasn't, oh, it wasn't his baby. Kennedy. It was his friend's baby. Um, the wife had come, and I guess the husband was gone, uh, I think, either TDY or something like that with the Air Force. And so she was visiting the birthday party with the baby. So I automatically equate first, you know, first impression. Mm -hmm. There's a man holding a baby. It's most likely his Mm -hmm. (laughs) or theirs. And so the party went on and we, you know, we played badminton and all that kind of stuff. And we didn't really interact very much that first night. Well, then they decided this was a Saturday night. So they decided let's do a paintball game the next day. And so everybody, you know, was a little hungover the next morning and, all that well everybody meets back at the same house and there's a paintball game and we talked a little bit more because we were on the same team Mm -hmm. but nothing like crazy however his friend the guy the birthday guy's brother Mm -hmm. was really trying to hook up with me so he was (laughs) like yeah yeah, (laughs) you know hey uh, you want to go out you know and and bear at the time was just like, dude, go away. Like, I'm talking to her. Like, let, let's, you're not on this, you're not on our team. So, <laughs> in his, you know, his bare way. And uh, so we talked a little bit, but it wasn't like an instant, like, ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to get with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, ooh la la. Because <laughs> I thought he was, you know, I still thought he was taken. Mm-hmm. So a couple weeks later, we all go out. We're at the old detour, which is a club over here that's now the Mattress Ranch. Uh, and um so we were all in the same big group of these people that i went to this birthday party and met all of these people fun group to hang out with and he was there and he asked me to dance and 
great dancer. Great <laughs> dancer. And I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're dating. You're, how's your baby? And he was like, um, excuse me, what? Whoa, whoa, what? And I was like, because I hadn't, met, I didn't know that he had a little boy. Mm-hmm. And so. He was like, "Oh no, no, no! That's that. That's my friend's son. <laughs> that's my friend's son. But I do have." <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He told me. He said, "I have a six-month-old. Um, I'm not with the, his mother, but we're raising him. You know, mm-hmm. and as a, as parents, and I admired him for that because to look at him, yeah, I would just figure, yeah, oh, that's you know, here you go, yeah, raise raise the kid, mm-hmm. um, and." So we talked a little bit more that evening. I don't remember a lot of the conversation because I was like totally caught up in the whole like damn, oh, can dance. damn, let's dance again. Um, so that was and I, and that's just kind of how the how it went. It was like natural. I felt comfortable around him. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to be someone else or try to impress him. We could just laugh and have a good time. So he did ask me out. He gave me his phone number instead of asking for mine, which again was kind of odd because I was like, is, he's really like kind of like conceited. He thinks I'm going to call him, you know? <laughs> I was like, man. And so I waited a good week before I called him. And when I called him, a voice or an answering machine picked up and it was some other person on the answering machine. You've reached the more box. And I'm like, what? wait a minute, his last name is Silva. And I'm like, the fuck? If it, this guy totally gave me the wrong phone. Like, oh, that's that's not cool. So, yeah. of course, my friend heard this. And so she got in contact with his friend, who was the one that was trying to pick me up in the first place. And mm-hmm. she's like, you tell your boy that he messed up. Like, he gave her the wrong number. And then, of course, it got explained. And so later, in looking back on retrospect, he was like, no, 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 I'm renting a room from the Roarbox. And I actually lived there. Um, come to uh, find out. Back to the good old days of house phones. <laughs> so that, that could have steered us in a completely different direction <laughs> if I'd just gone with my instinct to just be like, Screw you, dude. I'm not messing mm-hmm. with you. But we went to a, a movie. Uh, we went to C&J's for drive-in for <laughs> <laughs> and just talked. And it was it was amazing because it was, again, he wasn't looking to, you know, get anywhere soon or, mm-hmm. or, you know, make advances. It was just comfortable. And I felt I was impressed, I guess, because it for who he appeared to be. He was so open and wanted to know more about me and wanted to hang out with me. And I, I just felt, I felt like really, I mean, not at that, already at that time, loved is too strong of a word, obviously. Just like seen. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he wasn't really into me and I was into him. And so that was refreshing because there's, you know, that that's rare to meet it, to have that happen that, you know. Mm-hmm. Th- that quickly in the relationship and we weren't even married a year before, or we weren't even together a year before we got married really so, yeah because cool. it was like a oh this is the guy mm-hmm. we're 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 supposed to be together because as time went on and he met more of my family first of all my mother approved of him and that was a big that was the big <laughs> test my dad yeah. he loves everybody she wasn't so. 
I could have married impressed. a meat serial murder. <laughs> yeah. But my mother, no. She was more like, she Yeah, was... Papa loves everybody. Yeah. It, it probably wouldn't matter who you No, I could have brought home a serial killer. And <laughs> fine. Just be careful. That's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you do for a living, buddy? Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she was the one that... So, and I always kind of looked up, looked to her for her advice and, mm-hmm. like, her blessing, so to speak. And as soon as she saw... I met, we met little Kenny as a baby, Kennedy. Mm-hmm. That was it. Really? I was, yep. Go, mm. go get married. You guys <laughs> yeah. are going to have kids. <laughs> yeah. Cause she was, she, uh, I don't know how to say it, but she was not, um, mean or anything. She really liked people. Mm-hmm. And she, I think she liked everybody, but she wasn't impressed easily. No, you really had to work on it with mm-hmm. her. Like, earn her You absolutely trust. had to earn her, yeah. And totally. therefore, once you, once she, you've proved her, yourself to her that you were, not worthy, but that you were a good person, mm-hmm. that you were, you know, not just a piece of trash, it, she would, she would almost like take you in. It was almost like you become part of her family. Yeah. And that was important to her. And that felt good. I mean, when she would, I mean, I was in the family, obviously. But, like, when she, I could tell with other people. Mm-hmm. She's one of those people that, like, people craved her attention and love and affection. like And approval. Because it was very obvious that, like, you had to earn it. But once you earned it, it was like... You know what's Don't weird? Her. You know what's weird that I, the person that comes to mind when I think of like who I could re- relate it to is Nancy. Mm-hmm. Nancy is also like when you first meet her, you 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 have this feeling of like you want her to like you, right? You know what I mean? Like you want her to to like you and to want to hang out with you and like you know I can I can just remember her being like that. I think Bama was the same. I think when people met her, they were just like, I really want this lady to like me. Like, I don't want her to not like me. That's for sure. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) She's, she could be very skeptical too. And she, she was really good at judging and reading people. Mm -hmm. And so I think that could be very intimidating Mm -hmm. because not only was she, um, did you want that from her? Mm -hmm. What you didn't want was for her to basically cut off, cut you off. Like, to not have anything yeah. more to do. Because it was... And my husband's quite the same in terms of personality-wise. We don't see that because we're family. But I've seen that <clears throat> just recently in his relationships with his brothers. His mother just recently passed. And the oldest brother has a lot of... has had, He's got a big, long addiction history. And... Uh, He's able to just, <clears throat> nope, move on, and it's... But it did take him a long time to get there. It did, but I also think the distance and being so far away and being, like, geographically removed from it helped. I think that and probably also the fact that his mom is now gone. He doesn't mm-hmm. feel like he has to be connected to the oldest because right. the oldest lived with their mom. And was mm-hmm. caring for mm-hmm. her, or at least... I mean, trying his best to Mm -hmm. care for her all the while it being a codependency because she was an addict. Well, 
they had that relationship that again that was her son just like yeah, with your totally. grandmother and yeah. and your uncle it we I feel like sometimes it's easy for me to judge how I would react and that how can you let that happen but when I think about my own kids it's it's weird yeah, yeah. it's like well that's not true maybe because if you give the, put them in the same situation or a similar situation who knows your heart speaks first mm-hmm. your heart kind of leads you even though you know it's not the right thing and i think yeah. i think my mother-in-law she um she struggled with that because she knew it was wrong she knew that she was only feeding him um and condoning his behavior but what else could she do yeah so i mean that's why people like parents especially are like you know biggest normally like the biggest enablers of their kids Mm -hmm. because they don't want to see their kids you know go without food or Or live on the streets or yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and i think i i've done that myself with my own kids you know it's like enable them yeah and (laughs) not not for addictions no but in terms of (laughs) oh honey what do you mean he's no he's a good kid you know and we're and we both know that you know that little devious act it's like i know it's there like i can see it my youngest so is who i'm referring to because the other two are like well the middle one's the golden girl is what we kind of how i label her see her she's always gotten good grades she's very high achiever kenny's pretty much the same but dean ooh, he's <laughs> he's gonna give us a run for our money yeah <laughs> how old is he 15 okay yeah yeah that's when i started getting crazy <laughs> i know um and ellen just went off to college mm-hmm. she just started college um i it's funny back to to bama i think about all these things bama is what we call that was her my grandmother dana's mom um, we called her Bama, <laughs> um, because David couldn't say, David, my brother couldn't say grandma when right. he was Which is little. crazy because it, it doesn't sound at all like <laughs> <his> grandma. <laughs> what was he on? What was your, what's, have to what's ask. my brother doing to him? I don't know. He wasn't we'll feeding him something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Bama, grandma, grandma, Bama. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Yeah. But it was, she delighted in that though. Well, yeah, because she loved, I loved it. I think we all loved it. Yeah, because that was a very unique. Mm-hmm. It's not Mama, Mima, Grammy, mm-hmm. Gram, mm-hmm. whatever. It's Bama, and mm-hmm. then it would be like people would be like, "Who? What? What? Yeah, what do you call her?" I always have to catch myself because people will look at me funny when I'm like, "Yeah, my Bama," you know, blah blah blah, and they just kind of look at me, and I'm like, "Oh, right, okay." So we <laughs> called her Bama, but that was my grandma. <laughs> yeah. There was only one other person, actually. Now that I think about it. When, uh, when I worked with her at the airlines um, over at the East Ramp, there was a gentleman that worked there, um, and his grandkids called him Bumpa. Oh, mm-hmm. So that's similar. the closest mm-hmm. I've ever heard. Otherwise, it's... Also, that sounds closer to, like, Grandpa. grandpa. Yeah. yeah. Bumpa, Grandpa. Yeah. yeah. So. Then Bumma to Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> um, no disservice to David. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, I think of, you know, all the stuff that we've been through over the past 11 years mm-hmm. now since she passed, um, yeah. that she would have, like, 
you know, I kind of think of like her react, like what her reactions would be to certain mm-hmm. things, you know, like Ellen going to college and Stephen and I getting married and having Charlotte and yep. um, you guys moving into town. Can you imagine? <laughs> I would have had to like work on her, her for about a year. Okay, so this is what our plan is. Yeah. Because she was one of those, she had ulterior, <laughs> yeah, she knew better. And if you didn't follow what she thought was best, you were in trouble. <laughs> That's, she'd give me that look like. She had a look that could kill. Oh, she like could you, like, ugh. like just shoot daggers through you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, <laughs> um, mom, can I, I, I need to ask you a question. What? <laughs> uh, never mind, I'll talk. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and then I'd have to work the nerve back up to talk to her. Then I'd go to my dad and be like, Dad, you have to help me. You have to, like, well, just go talk to her. I'm like, it's not that easy. Like, you just don't understand. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, she would have she would have struggled with us moving out of North Pole. Because mm-hmm. that's where they lived. Oh. Mama and Papa lived in North Pole. And I think not for having years, yeah, like five minutes away from them, yeah, mm-hmm. for eight years or so is how but, long we but were in North they Pole. Have lived in, they had lived in. North oh, they've Pole been there for, the whole time since yeah. we moved to. We never lived in Fairbanks when yeah. we moved here in '86. Yeah, we'd always been in North Pole. I because we, uh, I graduated in '91, and then I moved out for a brief period. That was just before I met my husband. And then we moved into town, or got a place in town, but it was a rental, because we were just newly married, a little ghetto apartment off Geist. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was still going to school, working part-time. And we didn't, we had Kenny, but he was little, and we only had partial custody of him, because we'd see him on weekends and stuff like that. And uh, so she, she wasn't crazy about that either, when now that I think about it, because mm-hmm. we weren't in North Pole, so mm-hmm. it was harder. So the minute we started house having, hunting, yeah, she was like, "There's there's a house here in North Pole. You need to come look at it. You're it's you know it's Larry and Pauline. You need to talk to them. They're gonna sell it to you. They're gonna give you a break." I'm like, "Mom, slow down. <laughs> We're just calm down." She's like, "No, <clears throat> it's right down the street. It's five minutes away." <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. good. All right. <laughs> And that's where we moved. <laughs> sure enough. So, yeah, she was something else. Yeah, she, um, yeah, she just kind of had this way about her of like, she. I almost hate talking about her to people that didn't know her because it. Every time we talk about her, I always feel like it sounds like we're we make her a villain. <laughs> yes, like we make her sound so mean. But like she was seriously the most like. <clears throat> as long as you know she loved you, which she she did both of us obviously very much um she was so like affectionate and loving and caring she was um I was actually I was talking to I just got back from South Carolina and I was talking to my aunt Michelle Mm -hmm. and um she was saying how there was one time where she was like rubbing my hair my arm or something like that and I was like yeah I that's something that Bumma used to do and I just craved that like I loved that that she did that she would always she'd do this mm. like on our arm mm-hmm. just kind of like rub our arm like super gentle like back and forth 
and it was just this and she would do it forever like there was never and there was no prompting we didn't have to ask her to do it she no. just always like if we were sitting next to her or sitting on her lap or whatever she was always just like and she always said i love you she started, like always hugged us and just like just treated us like we were she was very <clears throat> sorry she was very touchy-feely very mm -hmm. affectionate um always you know in some way some endearing way mm -hmm. touching you or rubbing your hair or just to let you know like you know? i'm here yeah i love you and it's weird I'm... it's ironic because not only does denise denise and david used to put their arm mm -hmm. out and so I still do that and then Steven. make you know like, it's like hey hey rub that real quick <laughs> <laughs> and my kids do the same thing yeah funny they'll just lay across me and kind of either my <laughs> dean will do the arm and then ellen's more like with the leg and I'm yeah like, oh. kenny's not so much yeah he's kenny's in his not 20s it, yeah. so he's like i can get a hug out of him that's about it <laughs> <laughs> but um but i think that's that may just be a i won't say it's genetic in terms of the physical part part of it mm -hmm. but just that caressing and actually Bear's like that, too. Mm -hmm. He's very affectionate. He grabs my hand whenever we're out in public or, you know, in some way. Mm -hmm. just Steven's to... working on it. He's getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I think I scared the shit out of him the first few times. I'm like, I'm not. No, you got to give me a hug. You have to come over here. And he's just like, uh. <laughs> my, uh I want to do that. My husband and I went to Bobby's for their, like, anniversary, like, party um, downtown, Bobby's Restaurant. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting at a, at the table, and there was only, like, one other couple, like, down by the other side of the table. And they were across from each other, and, you know, they are like, holding each other's hand and, like, just super close for, like, across from the table. And I was like, look, babe, we could be cute like that. And he was <laughs> like, no, that looks really uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, okay. So no I wonder did. if that's... Well, I know there's, I'm not going to, I don't want to make it sound like it's sexist, but I wonder if it's predominantly men that aren't that way. Whereas maybe, maybe, yeah. mothers are, you know, you're holding your baby yeah. and you're. Cause, yeah. Cause I do that to Charlotte. I, yeah. I rub her arm and she's, her hair. and she's started like, you know, she always wants to like snuggle up with me and she's started, you know, at night she's like, rub my arm. You know, she, she does that. And, um. Which I'm, like, stoked for, you know. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, totally. Like, I, that's, yeah, it's something that I got from Bama. And I always knew, like, no, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make sure that my kid always has that. Like, my kid has the the, the loving touch, you know. Yeah. It's just like this. And what's really cool, and I don't want to get too much into this because I think we're going to try to interview Lori. But um, my niece that passed away, Bella, right. um, when she was about Charlotte's age, maybe like two, two and a half, um, I would, she'd sit on my lap for hockey games and, mm -hmm. um, I, and she was so good. She would just sit through hockey games at that age. Like she was amazing. Um, but I would rub her, I started off rubbing her hands, mm -hmm. just like doing like little tiny circles in her palms, you know, and then like her, her, I'd go out to like each finger or whatever. And then, um, I just, I just started doing that one time and I stopped and she, she was, she didn't talk very much, but then I'll, I like, I'm looking forward and she's sitting in my lap and all of a sudden I see her little hand come up. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted me to do the other hand. So I did the other hand. And then from then on, literally from then on till, till the day she passed away she wanted that on her hand and her arm she wanted that like that 
rub, that little, I don't even want to call it a rub. I don't really know what mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just like, a, like a really light touch with like your, you know, like the tips of your fingers. You just, it's almost like you're like writing, mm-hmm. but like. I think mom did write. Like yeah. she, she'd write, you know, L-O-V-E or she, mm-hmm. or whatever word she'd say, she'd spell it out mm-hmm. with her finger, mm-hmm. but she'd make it very like sweet and yeah and gentle and i i just thought it was really cool that i you know i i did that to bella and she liked it so much that Lori, her mom my sister-in-law started doing it to her and like you know in the hospital i was gonna say that had to be incredibly comforting even even so when bella was like in her hospital bed and Lori couldn't get in the bed with her she would do that to let her know that she was there and she Mm -hmm. was comforting her and i just that was it was really cool because it was like weirdly like a piece of bama that like yeah yeah because I just think about like when Bama was in the hospital and I remember I think all of us were just kind of doing like either I remember I would sit on the the foot of her bed and if you put too much pressure on that for some reason on that hospital bed like it would deflate yeah and she'd always be like (laughs) (laughs) I think they did that to keep her from getting pressure sores yeah and they and then they had the bear huggers on her legs, remember? Mm-hmm. And they she would do loved. the yeah. It's like Darth Vader's in the room with you, hmm. but it's keeping the blood circulating it, from like, the extremities. They, I actually had them in the hospital when I was in there for preeclampsia, and I was all swollen. They had yeah. them on me too. Yeah, they want to keep fluid from pooling in mm-hmm. certain like low spots. Mm-hmm. And I remember that we'd sit down, and you'd see her kind of like her <laughs> top would kind of like puff up a little yeah. bit. And, but yeah, you always. You, and and you want to provide that for whoever in that sit, in those type of situations you just want to provide comfort mm-hmm. and solace and care because that's all you can do right you yeah. know at that moment yeah she i that was tough so i um i had just turned 18 had just graduated high school mm-hmm. and i want to say you guys called me either you or Dave, no, it was David. David called me and was like, I think it was June 6th. I think it was the day after my birthday. And he was like, you you need to get here. Mm-hmm. You need to get here now. I had planned on taking the summer, you know, and right. like coming up at the end of the summer. Because um, I wanted a summer with my friends. You know, it was my senior year, my yeah. last year of high school. I wanted to like hang out with my friends and everything before I moved, all, you know, cross country to Alaska. And um David was like you need you need to get here now. Bama is not doing well and I don't know how much longer she has. And I think at that point I knew I knew she was sick enough for you guys not to come to right, graduation because we were planning to come to graduation. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how bad. Right. Um and so that was June 6th. And then I think you guys got me a ticket, a one-way ticket, on June eighth. Mm-hmm. I was up there. I was up here, June eighth. Yep. So three days after I turned eighteen, a week and graduated, after I had graduated, just graduated high school because I graduated June first. Yeah. So like yep. a week after I graduated high school, um, and you had been with her mm-hmm. through that time of her getting sick. And what was the timeline like? I know it was quick. It was. It was very quick. Mother's Day was in May, and I remember going to the Harley Diner for Mother's Day dinner because that's 
we asked, what, where do you want to go, Mom? Because she was already starting to exhibit signs that she wasn't well, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was to that degree mm-hmm. already or that it was going to escalate quickly. Because um, she'd been diagnosed with COPD she for a quite a few years prior to that. She's a lifelong smoker, um, and she just didn't like doctors. And I, I don't think she wanted to know that there was stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, she also took care of everybody else and just uh, not herself. Yeah, so she would run herself down, and then she, she didn't have a very good diet. She didn't um, she didn't sleep well. She was a workaholic, and she worked up until I mean she wasn't she wasn't going to retire anytime soon either. Oh. Uh, she was sixty four when she passed, mm-hmm. so. She was, the company she worked for actually closed their business. And so she was in the process of, she was semi-retired, but she was still looking for employment and income. So she had always worked. That Mm -hmm. was something that provided her a sense of, um, a way for her to contribute Mm because my dad worked a lot too. And, um, so she, it was May, um, she'd been complaining about her back hurting and she had started seeing a nurse practitioner um, and because she didn't, again, she didn't like doctors. Um, and my dad had an internist that she really liked, but he couldn't see her. He, kn- he wasn't taking new patients. So my mom kind of hemmed and hawed and held out as long as she could. And then we went to see this nurse practitioner and the nurse practitioner ordered a colonoscopy. And she wasn't able to complete the colonoscopy or they weren't able to finish the colonoscopy because um, her blood pressure had increased to the point where they were afraid she'd have a stroke. So they they finished, they, you know, basically stopped the procedure and let her recover and then decided they needed to look further into, they, they only got so far, but they did see something as far as they got Mm -hmm. um and then she then she picked up with this nurse practitioner with these results and um due to the findings that they had on the colonoscopy it wasn't definitive but they were pretty certain we were talking cancer and it was colon and so we we were in the process of going through her finding out that diagnosis her back hurting and her not (laughs) understanding that she was in pain Mm -hmm. She was frustrated, you know, it was summertime. Her, you know, granddaughter's supposed to be coming up here or that we were supposed to go down there. Um, Her daughter and we had just moved into our home not too long ago and we had the grandkids. Um, So it was, it was inconvenient for her to be sick. Sure. And so, and she fought, I mean, as long as she, you know, as fought it as long and hard as she could. And uh, so this this nurse practitioner put her on all kinds of different medication, and I think that only exacerbated things. Mm-hmm. And so she was more sick. She had less patience. She was frustrated. She was, I mean, everything from anti-anxiety to pain to uh, uh, lung, you know, medication to help her breathe better. So yeah. she had a... She was like, on oxygen. She was on oxygen full-time, which she was absolutely appalled, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, go smoke another cigarette, Mom. Have another one. She would. <laughs> she would, She too. would. She'd take it off and go out to the <laughs> garage. I'm like, please don't take that out there with you. I don't need to. <laughs> Sitting in the garage and, yeah. Uh-huh. But, um, and my dad couldn't tell her. I mean, 
she was definitely the authority in the house. So sure. therefore, yeah, I mean, nobody could tell her what to do, you know, anything. No, no. So therefore she didn't want him along because he was very emotional about it <laughs> and was very sensitive and she needed somebody to kind of be there yeah, and hear somebody she yeah. and she would say well your father doesn't understand things and he he'll he'll he'll, he'll misconstrue it and yeah. blow it out of proportion and i don't need him there i, I, I don't need that you know? which is crazy now that i think about it because i can't imagine going through something like that without steven mm-hmm. like and just being like no i don't i don't i don't want you you're too emotional <laughs> like and i mean but it's true that's, that, that's how they saying. were though i mean papa wears his heart on his sleeve and it, that man can dry uh cry at the drop of a hat oh and usually does yeah yeah and And he was on on his half he was also didn't want to believe it and was always looking for the positive he was always looking for that well they can they can help you with this they can they can treat this they can do this they can do this well just after denise got here she finally gave in and was willing to let us get her take her to the hospital it was the day it was i had gotten in at like 2 a.m like and, the red eye mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think it was six ish maybe p.m Probably. that evening yeah that she decided and she's like it's time to go right, to the hospital call the and my dad wanted her to go by ambulance mm-hmm. but she did not want to ride in the ambulance <laughs> she was like she was very demure this is, it was a big deal for her. It was like, and she's <laughs> arguing, can't breathe on her own and mm-hmm. arguing with him. And he's trying to fiddle with the phone and figure out how to call the, you know, the ambulance to come get but her. But he doesn't and, want it to be an emergency. Yeah. Like, please, please. And she's like, do not turn the sirens on. Do not turn the lights on. and um, Go normal speed. Yeah, just drive me there. That's all I need. And she's crying and he's upset. And I'm like you guys just calm down <laughs> you're not doing each other any good by yeah. doing this so sure enough the ambulance, I mean, the ambulance listened though. yeah <laughs> pulled in or actually they parked on the roadway and she's like oh, oh my god they're blocking the traffic and i'm like it's okay People and they did understand. have the lights on they did and she's like turn them off no. And they did. Sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry, Mr. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's so and funny. that's how people would react to her yeah. because they she didn't want to disappoint this authority her. about her. She had such a, she was so, there was a word, fierce. Yeah. That's the word you use. La- and yeah. that's exactly how she was. She loved fiercely. She was very passionate. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then she wanted me riding in the back of the ambulance with her. And they don't allow that like no. that's in movies I'm like, they're, i can't ride back there just because i'm your daughter <laughs> she just looked at me like you better not let anything happen to me while we're riding to the hospital and so i'm riding in the front i'm looking in the back the whole time like oh my god is she back there is everybody okay yeah and that guy the driver's trying to like keep me calm and pull into the er and of course we're surrounded by more of you know doctors and nurses mm-hmm. and sitting there and <clears throat> i think due to the gravity of the situation they did a some testing on her and they were able to confirm the fact that at some point she'd had a minor heart attack and wow. because of all of this these health issues that she'd been fighting for so many years and so they were trying to get a baseline and figure out kind of where she was at and what her main issues were so that they could address those right and then i think once they realized 
they looked back through notes, they wanted to admit her. And so her biggest fear in going to the hospital was she wasn't knew gonna, she wasn't going to come right. home. And so I think she had to come to terms with that relatively quickly, right then and there, in the middle of her illness and all of her loved ones there, and knowing that she was going to spend the rest of her days in a hospital room. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for her. However, once she was there and she was admitted to the ICU, they took such great care of her Mm -hmm. that she was able to relax for the first time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, And so she actually did feel... I remember it was the, Comfortable the first to a day extent. was bad. Mm-hmm. The second day was good. It was very good. She actually felt good. She mm-hmm. they'd re- Which must have made you guys feel good. Absolutely. It was good, but I feel like the other... Yeah. It was comforting, but I would almost say it gave me a false sense of hope. It definitely gave my dad a false sense of hope. Yeah. Yeah. Because then he's looking at, well, well they're like going to fix her. On the bright side yeah. of things, too. Right. Because she even said, I feel like I have a second chance. Mm -hmm. I remember those words, like, specifically, I could see her, like, sitting in the hospital bed and sitting up and not, and being, like, totally, like, she was eating and she was eating and she was just like um but if i think if you think about it she was probably dehydrated she hadn't eaten she was nauseous because of all the medication she's taking she can't remember from one pill to the next whether she took this one or that one or if she took two of these Mm -hmm. and you know and so i think just the magnitude again having so much and i you know it at one point dad was very upset with this nurse practitioner for giving her so many meds and i said Stop and think about her position in this, Dad. She's here to help Mom. She She's giving her, her what better. she needs. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's too much, that's here, neither here nor there. She's doing her job. And so, but he wanted to sue her and do all this yeah. crazy stuff. And I'm Afterwards, just like, yeah. that was all just emotion yeah. talking. And, and, you know, of course, he didn't want to rile my mother up because once she got riled up, it was, <laughs> that was the end of it. But um, it was it was the best place for her to be. And I remember being disappointed when they discharged her to two South. Yeah. I didn't catch on at that point. I don't think any of us did. That that was a different portion of the hospital for patients that are terminally ill Mm -hmm. that are at that point where they can't go home, but they can't do much else for them. And, uh, I remember when they wheeled her from the ICU (sighs) over to two South it was terrible. It was like going from uh, physicians and hospitalists going to, like, a clinic. It was seriously like going from, uh, it was like moving out of China Ridge into South Cushman. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. 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 It, because in ICU, they are so attentive. So, like, and so like They're, they're focused checking on the on patient. You constantly. They're, they're, they're doing their best to make sure that that patient is being taken care of 100% right. like how they need to be taken care of um, to make sure that they can get out of the ICU. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get into to south which is just like a normal mm-hmm. wing it's a it's a yeah um those nurses we would i i remember i even went up i'm 18 years old like you know not but i was i remember being pissed because like they had just got her in and i want to say we were in there for maybe like 20 minutes or so before something started going off well remember when they <laughs> wheeled her in her iv 
oh. caught the door handle, and, the the. And um, we had to we tube. we had to be like wait 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 yeah, wait yeah, yeah. stop 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 like it literally started to pull out of her arm and she didn't notice it Mm-mm. but I was like how do you not yeah like you guys are Pay the professionals here the you need to make sure yeah. she's good before you wheel her into the fr- and then like Denise said it was it was like pulling teeth to try to get her water or or something would her call I, light would go off yeah something was going on with her monitors yeah we pressed the call O2 or something S- something something was beeping so like, it was making right. crazy noise and so we pressed her call button to get mm-hmm. the nurses there and i want to say like five minutes go by finally before i was like i'm gonna go check and see what the hell's going on so mm-hmm. i go in there i go up there and at the nurses station, there's like six nurses just, just sitting like there, chatting, talking, like gossiping, whatever. And I was like, um, "Hi, we have something going off in my grandmother's room. Mm-hmm. Is it not? Is it not working? Like, can you guys not hear it? I don't understand." They're like, "Oh, oh yeah, someone will be back there soon." And literally, it was another like five or ten minutes before someone came yeah. back. I mean, Brutal. it's something catastrophic yeah. had to had to happen in order for them to move and it, i will say though after that day so maybe it was this just that shift maybe it was that shift because the gal that wheeled her in was very young i remember mm-hmm. f- got mm-hmm. the impression that maybe she was straight out of like cna school or something because she just didn't have like that attention to detail mm. that my mother required at that point <laughs> right. and i was like oh my god I just want to go back to ICU you know um I mean we had you do and you don't right like, exactly it was like a torn situation because it was like well yeah, this is gonna last ICU, quite, but then yeah. I was like oh maybe we should go back yeah like and then like well maybe she'll fall down to a point where they'll have to put her back in ICU but then that just never came no. I think they knew that it was the end so that was where they needed to send her and how long was she in um, how long was she out of ICU before she actually passed? Four, four five days. days. Yeah, four yeah. days. I think yeah. she was in ICU for three. Yeah. And then, yeah. Because they were able before. to. She was only in the hospital. She was in the hospital literally a week. Yeah, okay. seven days from I start to finish. Because I got in on the 8th at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. She decided at like 6 p.m. that it was time to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, and she passed on the 15th. Right. So she had so was, was admitted the Sunday prior. Yep. And then she passed the following Sunday. Yep. And they were able to con- they were able to complete the colonoscopy under sedation, like just barely without really yep. taxing her. And then that we, was like day four. Yeah, and that was right after or right before they moved her out of ICU. So they determined the tumor was in the colon, and that that was. And they even had the oncologist come and talk to us because that's what they're supposed to do. And then mm-hmm. my dad kind of got that look in his eye and I'm like whoa 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 let don't let's not let's be realistic here and then I remember Dr. Footit came in and talked to us he took me and you Mm -hmm. into another room and said we need to be real here at what we're looking at and I still remember the word metastasize yeah it's it has metastasized yeah and I didn't know what that meant yeah. Until and because I think neither of us knew what that meant. And I didn't. We just kind of looked at point. each other, and he was like, "Do you know what metastasize means?" And we're like, "No." And he said, "That means that it's spread, spread. to mm-hmm. the entire body. It's mm-hmm. in the blood. It's in the. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And at that no, point, there really isn't. There's nothing. Not at her age and her health. Yeah, and with her diminished lung 
right. with her COPD. Her lungs were operating at like a ridiculous, super low, like I cannot even thirty imagine. to forty percent, something incredible. Do you remember Crazy. though? I was telling someone else. I was telling Trina this the other day. Um, didn't they go in and like? suck her lungs yeah, out they like did. they because she couldn't right. she, she could, that was a thing she no. could not yeah. clear her own mucus uh-huh uh, so they not to be gross but sucked it out yeah they literally can while she was sedated <laughs> um because when you're bedridden and basically to offset pneumonia uh-huh they can suction okay. as far down because she was in for the colonoscopy so ah. they can do an egd and just use the the scope Mm -hmm. to pull out anything that may be obstructing to make it easier for her to breathe just to keep her more comfortable right and so it was like well why don't you just suck it all like take it all out yeah just keep doing it and so you can damage things (laughs) (laughs) um because it was one of those i always think about that though and i have like a chest cold or something yeah just go in for an EGD you'll be fine can you just <laughs> yeah. just suck it out where do I need to yeah. send <laughs> yeah I'd forgotten about that but uh but because uh, correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure when they did that not only did they get the mucus and stuff but she had like a piece of mm-hmm. lung that yeah. they also got out yeah like that was had broken i think that's part of like the COPD. crazy because yeah. the what's possible the like, lung tissue basically becomes, her lungs were deteriorating yeah wow. they were basically brittle and mm-hmm. so all of those little areoli that help inflate and deflate mm-hmm. become like dried honeycomb so it it just exact it just diminishes their her ability to just breathe on her own so she can't exchange the oxygen like she's supposed to did after they did that did it seem to make a pretty big difference for her like breath wise or kind of hard to tell it was kind of hard to tell she was a little less winded but she still had trouble because she'd been she'd smoked cigarettes since she was like 15 like that was her thing did your dad smoke cigarettes too he did okay yeah and i i uh grew up always saying I'm never smoking I'm right. never smoking I'm never smoking my brother said the same thing my brother's held true to that I have not yeah mm-hmm. my um my mom grew up smoking she doesn't smoke anymore which is really cool but same thing growing up it was like I will never do that it was disgusting I will never do that it smells bad and not that I feel like I ever consistently smoked but you know then you, get you go to through that rebellious like, yeah yeah and you just want to try well, it I want to try it yeah yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was a, and it was, but it was surreal too, because it was like, I knew at the same time, on one hand, you know, you always want to hope, but I knew that, and she was so miserable there at the end that it was. I I don't know that I, I definitely hadn't figured it out yet. I mean, I wasn't up here and I wasn't seeing her go through it. I just knew that she was really sick and. I remember um, coming in and like, and I remember it being different, Mm -hmm. landing at at 2 a.m. And yeah, it was 2 a.m., but it just felt different. Almost as soon as I landed, it was just kind of like something's off. Right. Something doesn't feel right. I mean, David was the only one to come and pick me up, which again, it was 2 a.m., but it felt a little weird. And then to get home get 
back to Bum and Papa's and they're already in bed and asleep and it just it just felt weird it mm-hmm. felt different um and then you know getting up in the morning and she's you know or actually just going to bed that night I could hear the oxygen mm-hmm. you know from my room where I stayed um and I was just kind of like oh okay so this is this is legit like this is for real this is real yeah um the next morning like going up getting up and going downstairs and she was already in the garage <laughs> having her morning smoke and coffee smoking her even though she couldn't breathe dang cigarette and drinking her <laughs> coca-cola out of the bottle oh yeah i don't think she was drinking coffee at that point yeah um and i remember just sitting down and like like giving her a hug and um she wouldn't look at me she wouldn't like make eye contact with me uh for a while and um she just she it was almost like she was ashamed mm-hmm. like she was ashamed of being I think sick. she was ashamed of disappointing you. Yeah. And I just kept talking to her and she finally, you know, just I, she finally said what was obviously on her mind which was I don't know that you want to be here right now because it's not a happy place. This isn't a happy place right now. And I remember just looking at her and being like there's no other place in the world that I would mm-hmm. rather be than here with you right. and my family. In this moment. And I, I have always considered this home, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like wherever you guys were was home. It right. wasn't, um, you know, wherever she was, wherever Papa, David, you and Bear, that's what was home to me. And I don't, I think... I'm glad that I was able to say that to her mm-hmm. because obviously, like I said, I did, I had no idea we were at that point. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed to happen super fast, but I'm really glad that we were all in the kind of the position where we could be there because obviously I had just moved up. I didn't have a job. Right. David, was working at that point but maybe had a job that was like super lean and flexible with like his with that situation yeah, I think he was working for campfire campfire i think yeah. so yeah and um, i think i was oblivious to it because i was so caught up in being there yeah. that i didn't see those signs either i didn't yeah. see them until after when bear and i were talking mm-hmm. about it and it was like oh two south is for terminally mm-hmm. ill patients mm-hmm. and she kind of started to disassociate herself with us before that like she wasn't feeling up to coming over for sunday dinner so my dad would come over and have dinner with us Mm -hmm. and the kid the grandkids and so she would little by little she was starting to kind of pull away but i never saw it that way i just you're busy you got things going on and then you know i remember driving her to her appointment with this nurse practitioner and it's that actually we were going to, for the colonoscopy. I take that back. And we're in North Pole, and so we've got a good twenty-minute drive ahead of us. And she's sick as a dog because she's had to do that prep Ugh. from the night before. Mm-hmm. She can't keep anything down, much less does she. You know, can she tolerate this stuff? So she's pissed off. <laughs> she feels like shit. 
and she's sitting in the passenger seat and I'm driving her to this appointment and out of nowhere she says um well I'm ready to go and I'm like well we're, we're going we're on the way mom like we're we're heading that direction and she said no I'm ready to die I'm ready to die and I said whoa I'm like you can't say that to me I'm in the middle of driving you to an appointment right. yeah that's not fair it, it's we don't know where we're at with this yet like you can't just say that like that's a lot for me and she was like Dana that's that's what's happening and I'm like no I I'm not ready for that and you and you don't know this yet like mm-hmm. we don't have we don't have all the pieces parts right now to to come to that conclusion and so that was her way of telling me yeah. that she knew mm-hmm. where it was going and, and how she close she was she totally knew mm-hmm. she did like a similar thing to me where she like I was contemplating whether or not to spend a year in Kentucky before coming up to Alaska and I remember being on the phone with her and t- telling her that and her being furious with mm-hmm. me and making me feel so bad and if you don't come now you're never gonna come it's a bad idea don't stay there mm-hmm. she never got mad at me she never yelled at me or anything like that but that was I think her way of trying to tell saying you it without saying it. yeah like mm-hmm. making sure like she, I think she wanted to make sure that I got up there mm-hmm. in the hospital she was telling Papa like make sure you get her a car like, mm-hmm. you need to get her a car, you know? Like, mm-hmm. she wanted me there, I think, not just because she knew I wanted to be there, but also I think she knew that this was the best place for me. Yeah. Um, and I think she, she needed you to be she, here for dad, too. Yeah. Because I had my family. I have my kids and my mm-hmm. husband. And even though he's my dad, it's different for a widow a widower yeah you know to have someone there i felt comfortable i felt more at peace knowing that he had you at the house mm-hmm. too so that i had you guys never alone. i haven't, had never thought about that but that you're probably right she probably knew mm-hmm. that i would because him papa and i have always had a a bond mm-hmm. that you know was different than like anything else and you're right she probably that was probably totally God, she friggin' planned everything. <laughs> she did. Yeah. I, uh, I I remember, too, when people were coming to the hospital, and she didn't want a big to-do or commotion over anything. Mm-hmm. She didn't want a funeral. She didn't want anything. No. Just simple. Mm-hmm. You just want to be cremated. And don't do anything. Yeah. No, don't. No, don't. No. Less people know, it's better. And so the few people that were able to go up and see her at the hospital those were like the close close ones Mm -hmm. and uh so marie went to see her randy reynolds went to see her um uh dr johnson showed up papa's doctor yeah which is weird because steven and i see him now really yeah pierre Mm -hmm. yeah nice guy yeah he's super nice um and then i'm gonna tell him i think dr partnow saw her too if i'm not mistaken went to see her but um, very few people, because that was just Cindy. How she, was. she was very modest. Yeah, oh, that's true. David's friend, Cindy. Yep. And Josh Webb. Yes. Um, did Max? Max did not. No. No. Um, it's a select few. Yeah. But we were there. 
yeah. constantly. Yeah. Like yeah. it was nice because we were all, like I said, we were able to be there. Right. And then that summer, Kennedy went to see his mom's parents mm-hmm. out of state. I want to say Indiana, Ohio, or Ohio, possibly. Hawaii, maybe. I can't remember at that point. Yeah. They were, they've been all. They over. were all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were trying to explain to him, you know, we're going to go see Bama, and this being her grandchild by marriage. Mm-hmm. They had a very close bond too, mm-hmm. and uh, well, he was basically her first, first for me, from yeah. you, yeah, yeah. from I mean, my from my family or from she Bear had and I, David and I. But we were we were at that point. I mean, we're like how we're much teenagers. older than yeah. We she had been a while since she had had. Like, so a David's baby. ten <laughs> years older than Kennedy because right. he's D- Kenny's ninety seven and David's eighty seven, mm-hmm. and then you're seven. Yeah, so he's seven years younger than me. Yeah, so. Uh, Trying to and then, so let's see, how old would he have been? You were eighteen, so he was Mm eleven. And trying to explain to him, we're going to go see Bama, you know, before you go to the airport and go see your other grandparents. Mm -hmm. And we got into the room, and you know, he's like all these machines and all that kind of stuff. It just kind of like overwhelmed him, and then. He went over and sat with her and talked to her and just kind of, you know, and she started crying and he didn't want her to cry. And he was like, Bum, I'll see you when I come back. And then it was like, no, buddy, she'll be gone. And so we had to try to just let them have a moment and then. You know, and then of course you start thinking about how do they process this? How do they, yeah. how do how do they grasp what's happening? What yeah. do they think? Where is heaven? What is heaven? Where is where is this person going? Why aren't they here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so that was the first moment that hit me with the reality of because he was going to be gone for he was going to be gone for like a like month this, yeah or he or would always more. go and spend like four to six weeks with his grandparents in the summertime mm-hmm. and i'm and i kept thinking i was grateful that he was going to see his his other grandparents because then he wouldn't he wouldn't have to be here for that moment you know and have to because he was the oldest of yeah. my three mm-hmm. he was the most aware of what was going on and ellen was seven mm-hmm. and Ironically, I was seven when her mother, my grandmother, passed, and my mother was seven when her father passed. Crazy. So there's a weird thing, but mm-hmm. seven's a good number for us, mm-hmm. which is weird. Too. Who decided that? Because I feel like <laughs> <laughs> your great grandmother did. Oh, okay. <laughs> she loved the number seven, and there's sevens that run somewhere in context of birth dates throughout for all of me. Except for me, I'm the only one. <laughs> Wait a minute. We got to work on something here. I think the only thing we could figure out was my weight had a seven in it. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Were you seven pounds something? I think I was eight, seven, or nine, seven, or something like that. So, see, yeah. Yeah. There it is. I mean, you got to look it was, for it. It was a rough one. It was a, t- <laughs> it was a tough scramble. Well, yeah, at I first I was like, well, if you add the two and the five, and then that's a seven. Uh, <laughs> but, uh. What two? Oh, I was talking about my tw- oh. 25. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I'm like, no, duh, Dana, 73. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bear's got, like, double. Mm-hmm. He's 714, mm-hmm. 74. I'm like, yeah. so. 
but uh, your grand your great grandmother was June seventh. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't um, remember what July, my grandmother or what my grandfather's birthday was. Mm-mm. I don't remember that for some reason. But I never met him either. But but he she was a daddy's girl. Oh, like absolutely. She, yeah, he referred to her as Bunny. That was her <laughs> nickname, and she that was another thing. She had contact with him before she passed like a day before he, mm-hmm. she passed that's cool and said dad's here and ironically it was father's day weekend well it was father's day when she passed <coughs> right it was sunday yep father's day and Which was it crazy. was crazy yeah it's like and look it at that been, timing i also remember that the weather was crap that oh. entire week yeah until Raining. the day that she passed was gorgeous hot and had those clouds that she loved mm-hmm. remember she really liked the the a cumulus or whatever they're called <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what they're called i don't know what they're called nimbus cumulus no that's harry potter isn't it <laughs> the, the ones that are flat on the bottom and fluffy on the top they're mm-hmm. like it's they like look like the, literal cotton yeah the clouds that are just like sitting on the i'm gonna look that shit up <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's cumulus because it's like a storm cloud it's like that's where you get your fluffy. It's all... Okay, never mind. I don't work for the weather station, I promise. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> but, yeah, it was... Yeah, the day before, she said, I saw I saw my parents, and they're ready for me or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, she made a reference to... <clears throat> I saw my dad, dad, and he's ready to see me. Yeah. He's ready for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... My, uh... I guess similar situation where um, my uncle got sick and we, as a family, were like there mm-hmm. with him when he passed at home. Um, but I think as hard as that was, it was almost like one of my favorite experiences ever just because it was so beautiful and just to like see him come up afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, like in just little things or mm-hmm. you just notice something and you're like, yep. That's you. I think that's like, yeah, so cool. I I agree. As far as signs, they're Mm -hmm. all over. All Um, over. I love dreaming about her. I love. I I was scared to dream about her at first because I thought maybe I would just it would be a continuation of how when she left and in how much agony she was in, and I didn't want that to continue. Mm -hmm. But I feel like she reached out to let me know mm-hmm. that she was sick but she's she's good now mm-hmm. like yeah. it's it's and it's the first few dreams were in the hospital setting i remember and she was but she was telling me it's all okay i'm yeah. i'm i'm good like right. i'm going to it's fine like don't worry everything's cool mm-hmm. and she would just kind of like shrug me off like yeah. it's okay yeah and do you feel like you've had cuz i feel like i've had dreams about her mm-hmm. and then i've had dreams where she's there yes so I feel like the dreams that I've had about her that she's in she doesn't normally talk and she doesn't normally um interact with me very much and it's just kind of like I'm either yeah like hospital situation or something like that but the ones that I'm like okay that was straight up like she came and saw me (laughs) I remember there's there's two that really stick out in my head like I can see them um I just moved into the apartment on princess Mm -hmm. with savannah and uh I had the 
weird thing about this particular dream is she sat on the bed. Like, I was dreaming, but I was in that room. I was in my bedroom the first night, so, I mean, I feel like I probably didn't know it well enough to remember exactly what it looked like and dream about it, but I was. Right. Um, And my bed was a futon mattress on the floor, so, I mean, it would have been tough for her to sit on that. but, (laughs) um, But she sat at the foot of my bed. And she just kind of, like, looked around and with a smile on her face. And then she looked at me and she put her hand on my leg and was rubbing my leg and said, I, I really like it here. Like, kind of, like, letting me know it was okay because mm-hmm. I had moved out of Papa's. Mm, yep. I had left Papa. You know, it was time for me to – it had been about a year. Mm-hmm. It was time for me to – you know, go on. Right. Um, I'm sorry. I hadn't, it wasn't Papa's. It was um, David's. I I was living with David and I was feeling terrible. I was feeling terrible about leaving David. Yeah. And because he wasn't in a good place and we, I just knew that it was going to get bad. It's going to get worse. Yeah. Um, But it was, uh, yeah, it was like, I, I felt terrible about it. I felt like, you know, I didn't know if I was doing the right thing or not. I actually ended up moving out on his birthday, which was not planned. But, like, that's just how it worked out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was the first night I stayed the night there at the new place with Savannah. Mm-hmm. And she was, she, that specific dream I remember so clearly because she was just like, I like it here. Yeah. Like, this is okay. This is fine. She's... You're going to be better here kind of thing. Like, yeah. it's okay. Don't feel bad. Yeah. Um. And it was, like, the best thing for David and I because, we love each other, but we cannot live together. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah. Because they're too strong of personalities to be yeah. together. I think I'd probably say the same thing about my sister. Yeah. Yeah. We were just way too, yeah, we're too, like, him and I are just two totally different I, Now, people. see, I think I could live with my brother. Really? We may get on each other's nerves after a while, but we're both kind of like... Yeah, sure. Yeah. What do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. We would probably never make any decisions or like make good decisions. Right. (laughs) Because I think we're similar in that way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there was a dream that I specifically remember her basically letting me know. But I feel, I, I can't recall of one right now, but I do... I do know that I've dreamt about her and then woke on, woken up the next morning and been like, I got to see yeah, her. She's good. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's awesome. But, and seeing the signs, I remember um, after she passed, for some reason I was obsessed with wanting to see a moose mm-hmm. because her and I, when I would come and visit, we would always, like, look. We'd always, like, find. Like, her and I always found moose somehow. I mean, I know they're everywhere up here, but... When I was with her specifically is Sometimes when Sometimes it can be see. elusive, though. So, yeah. yeah. And it after she passed, it was, like, weeks, and I could not find a freaking moose. I was like, I need to see him. Like, I know it sounds stupid. I remember talking about it. I know it sounds stupid. I just need to see a moose. I'll feel better. I'll know that, like, you know, I'll know if the next time I see one that that's her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she... Um, I remember it was the day that, because when she was past, when she was in the hospital, I had forgotten to bring my senior portrait mm. up with me, 
and we were sitting on your por- after she passed away mm-hmm. i had asked my mom to mail it because i was like i want her to see my senior picture like please send it up it's before like mm-hmm. i guess really like picture texting and <laughs> picture messaging and stuff like that um but uh, she, so my mom mailed it up, but it didn't get up here until after she had passed. We were sitting on your porch, and UPS or FedEx or whoever, like, showed up and mm-hmm. delivered it. And I it said Denise, and I was like, that's weird. And I opened it, and I'm like, oh, and I just totally broke down. Um, I remember being like, I'm going to drive back to the house. Like, I'm going to go back to our house, at Papa's house, where I was living, and, you know, do whatever. And on the way there, I saw... Uh, mom moose with two babies mm-hmm. and i just again lost it mm-hmm. <laughs> of course but i was just like She's she here. is yeah. yeah yeah i i definitely animal wise bunnies mm-hmm. i see a bunny especially in the first you know few mm-hmm. weeks i would see and i'd be like she's good she's mm-hmm. around she's here um more so for me though there was a comfort knowing if there was something stressful going on in my life or there was something that I was really praying about and hoping for it to turn out, if I found that I didn't focus on it and obsess over it too much, I feel like I had kind of an advocate in her and that things always seem, I'm so blessed because things work out for Mm -hmm. me and my children and my husband and my family. And we've been blessed with so much in since she's passed that mm-hmm. I feel like she's up there giving, you giving know, raising hell, you know, <laughs> in control, giving, giving God a run for his money. Um, and so that's where I feel like I have a literal angel in her, mm-hmm. you know, and of course she's up there with her mom too and her mm-hmm. dad. And, um, but I feel like there are definitely times where I've kind of fallen back on that and just prayed, okay, I need a sign, mom. Mm-hmm. I need, to, mm-hmm. I need help you to help me here yeah, because yeah. I'm struggling and I, I need some direction. Yeah. And I, if I'm patient enough, sure enough, it mm-hmm. comes. Yeah. And so that's been comforting. One last sign thing the day so she always we always used to talk about like ladybugs if a ladybug lands on you it's good luck and all that stuff um my wedding day oh yeah i we're in the middle of taking pictures family pictures uh-huh. <laughs> a, la- <laughs> a ladybug landed on my dress oh that's cool and so and made it into several photos um that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "Hello, I'm here." Yeah. yeah. Hi. Happy wedding. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's funny. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. And I think when someone passes away, it's good to have those, um, yeah. mm-hmm. those signs and those like subtle reminders. And it can be something. I mean, I've had people tell me that they've had signs from something as silly as. A, certain kind of piece of trash that they saw on the road or something it just it doesn't matter like what mm-hmm. it is if if you feel and think that that's you know what that is then that's what it is absolutely and that's that person reaching out to you and showing you that they're still there and they're still present and mm-hmm. I think that's comforting mm-hmm. it is I definitely agree I think I think you I think you have to kind of look for things sometimes mm-hmm. or or just be open to and receptive to it yeah that, yeah and mm-hmm. and be available yeah. to say yeah. oh that's what that was mm-hmm. like yeah. I, and not and not take it as just a you know whatever like yeah mm-hmm. 
I'm and just be because you have to so move on. Better. Yeah, and and then you feel comforted. Mm-hmm. You feel mm-hmm. you still feel pain. You still you know you mourn, but it gets better over time. And I'm grateful that she's not in pain anymore. Yeah. I'm grateful that I was there the whole gamut of it: the bad, the good, the ugly, all of it. Um, cause I feel like that's what I was able to give to her after all that she mm-hmm. did for me. And, uh, so I can always, I rest easy mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And she's got to see my grandchildren, her grandchildren born. She got to see her daughter marry a great guy and start a life. And we traveled and we did a lot together cause we mm-hmm. spent a lot of time together. So I do miss her. Of course. And I think my biggest fear was forgetting who she was. As weird as yeah. that may sound, because, she, you know, after a while, yeah. with some, someone not around. But we, I forgot what we were doing. We were going through, I think maybe when we were moving, I'm not certain. Our old video recorder oh, popped up. Yeah. And Oof. it was the back in the day when it had the adapter, because it was little tiny tape that fit mm-hmm. into the big one to fit into your VCR, <laughs> which none of us have anymore. Well, I don't anyway. And um, I'm a toss-it-if-you-don't-use-it kind of girl. So we unearthed this in some capacity, and I remember we popped it in. Not thinking Not anything. even, because it wasn't labeled. Yeah. It was just a tape. Let's see what's and on so this. we were like, yeah. oh, yeah, we need to check it out. And we were like, oh, yeah, if it's something we really, you know, obviously it's going to be something important. Mm-hmm. And it was a Christmas oh, tape. Cool. And it. I heard her voice, yep. and I was she like, "She wasn't oh. on camera. It was just it was just her running, talking. you know, yeah. whether she was whatever she was this, saying." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we're oh, just, I think Dana, everybody stop it. just you know, like just everybody kind of was like stopped because oh, yeah. we hadn't heard that. Yeah, yeah. And it was like she's like her memory's still there. Yeah, her spirit is still there. So. And I think that's it's true that like yes, time does heal all wounds, but that particular wound, like the loss of somebody never completely heals it's mm-hmm. always going to be there it's always a scar mm-hmm. i guess to you know put it into some kind of metaphor um it it looks better it gets better it mm-hmm. closes up it you know it it's still heals, present, but it leaves that it leaves that you know lifelong mark on you mm-hmm. and i think it's important to remember them and talk about them if someone's passed that you know I mean, that was a really difficult... I can't think of a lot of things that were more difficult for me um, in my lifetime, and I know for you, too. Definitely not, yeah. Um, But I think it's good that, like, we can talk about her, and we can still cry about her, and we can still Mm -hmm. um, remember her how she was, and remember, you know, when she was sick. I mean, I think it's it's good to remember all of it and talk about all of it. Yeah. Um, I think it's super helpful and, like, therapeutic. (laughs) I do, too. I do, too. And, you know, not everybody's comfortable when you... I have a good friend at work, and she's gone through that process as well. And you almost... That's almost a bonding Mm -hmm. experience for someone because that magnitude, you can't explain that. You can't share that. You can talk about it and relive those memories and the bad ones, the good Mm -hmm. ones, all of it. But until you've lived through it, it's it's one of those you know you become a part of this 
group, I guess. Mm-hmm. This so club to speak. that nobody really wants to be in. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. But on yeah. the other hand, as and this may sound kind of odd because losing a parent is not, it's one of the most difficult things that I think everybody will ever go through. And everybody will go through it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I miss her leadership, her, all of her qualities, all of her guidance, I look to her for everything. I also feel as though that was a chance for me to kind of grow and develop as an individual and become my own person with her own thoughts and her own ideals and things that, you know, not that not that she held me down, but I was so focused on making her happy mm-hmm. and keeping her from being disappointed that I wasn't true to myself. Right. And so I've been able to grow from it. Mm-hmm. Um, a silver lining. Yeah. You know, sure. as far Definitely. as it's not all bad. Yeah. You know, and so that that's another thing that I'm, as I get older, the more I like who I am and what I stand for because I know that it's good, mm-hmm. you know, and that was something that was important to her. Mm-hmm. And so that's something we can carry on as her, you know, she was our matriarch. So yeah. we carry that on throughout our family and throughout, you know, my niece and her husband and my children and my grandchildren and my husband's family, something you can, you can kind of share with people mm-hmm. and kind of help you get through that process. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty great. Um. So one thing, one thing that we started doing was asking our guests if they would ask any of our previous guests a question. Um, and you had wanted to know whether or not Nicole, um, when she got hurt and couldn't play uh, soccer in college, if she went through depression and how she got through it. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, she was really excited that you wanted to ask her oh, a question. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted to share her answer. She said, oh, wow, I feel really honored. I did. Yes, I was always a really good kid before and never got in trouble. And after it happened, I found myself super angry with God and fell into a bad crowd with bad habits. And as most of us know, anger is a secondary emotion and mine was masking how hurt I was. I questioned why, why me all the time and cried a lot because I felt lost. I knew my life from then on out was not going to be what I had envisioned for myself. What got me out of that stage was realizing that God chose me for this, that my injury was helping shape my character and my outlook on things before I took advantage I was uh, before I took advantage I was athletic and if I wanted out of practice I'd find a way out knowing it wouldn't affect playing time after missing an entire year and giving anything to be on the field with my team made me come back with a harder work ethic I'm grateful I can still walk because a lot of people can't do that I'm grateful I can still be active even if I have to make adjustments but getting out of that bout of depression was hard. Making goals to reach reach, and then completing them and setting new goals helped, helped me too. I'm also super goal-oriented, but it helps you look at the end of recovery. Uh, but that's a short fix. Injury is with me for life, so knowing God or the universe, whichever chose me, helps me find my way through it. Nice. I ask that because my daughter, actually all of our kids, play sports but with our daughter just going off to college 
to play basketball. I, yep. Mm-hmm. And the potential for her to injure herself yeah. to yeah. end her career yeah. could is a very real possibility. And in fact, just today we've uh, we just found out that she is redshirting this year. So that's her first that's a first step for her to come to adapt or deal with What's redshirting? So redshirting is basically she won't get any playtime this year because she's not quite ready, which we had talked about it being a possibility. Yeah. So that's why, and her going into that sports psychology is to help athletes deal with injuries or Mm -hmm. career ending, what happens after, what what else is there to life Mm -hmm. other than basketball or soccer in this in this sense. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious because that's not something I ever thought of as a parent to a child in sports, mm-hmm. um, especially not at a competitive level because right. that becomes their job. Yeah. And, you know, my husband and I are always their bitching job and complaining their life. because they don't do anything when in fact they're working 24 seven on their sport. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so them managing their time or us having expectations for them to handle all of this stuff that we handle as 40 year old adults is unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And so I was just curious from a younger person's perspective, what, what helps you get through it? And it sounds like God is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it also helps me to kind of, if we come to that or, or I see it kind of heading that direction, what can I offer to my daughter right. in terms of support? Mm-hmm. So it's helpful. It's yeah. good, and it's good to know because it's you know you can co- you can work through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nicole is. Um, she's she seems to. I mean, obviously, we talked to to her. You know, for the episode, I've had a small amount of communication with her since then, but she just seems to be such a. She's such a positive, you know, optimistic person and gets through things pretty, um, pretty well. Mm-hmm. So she, she just seems to kind of be like a really grounded, well-adjusted person For and sure. very aware mm-hmm. of herself and her surroundings. Yeah, I loved just how honest she was mm-hmm. yeah. in her answer. Mm-hmm. Totally. Absolutely. Well, um, do you do you have uh, anything that you want to plug or share? Like, did uh, your social media for people to get in touch with you? <laughs> um, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, you're on Instagram. Yeah, I am on Instagram too. Yeah. Do you I know am. what your name is on Instagram? No. Um, I haven't paid attention. Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Let me look. I'm pretty <laughs> so sure funny. it's Baron Dana. I think you're right. I I can't keep up with all this. I'm going to add you. Yeah, I'm like, how do you even look that up? <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't know. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's Baron Dana. Is it Baron Dana Silver or is it just Baron Dana? It's Baron Dana, but all smashed together. So it's <laughs> capital B and then... E-A-R and spelled out and then capital D-A-N-A and then space and then Silva. So it looks like on that. Inst- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's on Instagram. Okay. So I think it's at Baron Dana. Yep. At yeah. Baron Dana. Yeah, I don't know. So I had to ask <laughs> Find her on Insta. <laughs> woo woo. Oh my God. You're plugging social media for me. Okay, that's <laughs> so be prepared when this launches on Monday to have many new followers. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, I only have... 
I, I only have 95, so I'm going to expect those numbers to go up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, well, I love you so I love much. You too. <laughs> and so I love fun. you too, Jordan. I'm not I leaving her say, out. I think I'm going to say I love you. <laughs> no, we're a loving family. It's fine. Everybody's welcome. Open <laughs> door. everybody. For real. You need to stop him. That's where we're at. Dana. Oh, sorry. Okay, you'll need to edit that we're out. We're going to beep that. <laughs> Alonzo, beep that. <laughs> Look at the thing. Okay. I love you so much. Love you, and too. Thanks for you. having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. We'll have you again. Yeah. yeah. I, I think guest hosts would be great on occasion. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. Doing it. Let's do it. <laughs> Hey, M&Ms. Thanks for joining us once again on Mental Maintenance Monday. We wanted to take time to remind you that your story deserves to be told. That's right. And you can always reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Mental M Podcast or email us at mmpodcast1 at gmail.com. We love you. Bye.